0: The sword for I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me and whoever is cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Amen. Wow, that's a pretty radical word, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. So, uh, we're thankful for each and every one of you all in this place, and you can be seated. And uh, I want to mention a couple things before I dive in, jump in. Amen? Amen. Uh, you know, I'm thankful for the recent to graduates of the School of Leaders, and we're going to have a, a uh, service acknowledging them, a ceremony uh, kind of of uh, acknowledgement and sending for them soon, And but a new School of Leaders is coming up pretty soon, amen, and let's see if this first session is listed. It's not listed in the, in the, the uh, but it's in February, and it will be listed in the next Connect card, amen? So it's in February when the next School of Leaders convenes, amen? Uh, and uh, AMPT is meeting today, so if you are a high schooler, you can go now uh, to a session specially prepared uh, for you for, for, uh, by our youth division called AMPT, Extreme Disciples, amen? Uh, let's see. This is it. God Encounter Weekend is coming up on us. It is up on us. It's been saturated with a lot of prayer and fasting, passionate preparation. And it's something we've been talking about for weeks, if not months. Can I get a witness? So it must be important to us. It's vital to us. It's a part of our mainstay. One of the staples of this ministry is our God Encounter retreats. So I'm just praying. That uh, that you populated, ladies. It's y'all's coming up. Amen. We have some phenomenal uh, speakers uh, ready for you, and they're like you. Uh, they're, they're they're many of them are uh, members of this church. We've sent for uh, one outside person, uh, Dr. Felicia Williams. Anybody familiar with Dr. Williams? Anybody? Nobody's familiar with Dr. Williams. Okay, one. Okay, two. Couple. All right, Dr. Williams, is, he, she's the president of Valencia a Community College, the downtown and the West Branches, okay? And she's also an AME preacher, and she's a pastor. She pastors in Hearst Chapel in Paramore, amen? And she is known to be an uh, inspiring, impactful, and provocative preacher. So she's going to start us off. But some of our own are talking too. For instance, Aramis Ayala is talking this weekend. Amen. She's our state's attorney. Amen. And a member of Rejoice. And some others of, of, of our members are sharing. So you want to be there. This is it. Gather your pennies. Come forward. <laughs> Amen. If you're penniless and you really want to go, let me know. We'll see if we can find a sponsor for you. Amen. Now, that's big, what I just said. <laughs> Somebody ought to be saying, thank you, Jesus. You know something? He, did he really say that? Yeah, I really said that. Amen. And I stepped out on faith just now uh, to do that and to say that. All right. Uh, I can mention some of these other things at the inclusion of service. Let me, let me get into the word. Amen. Amen. You know, I spoke at a Dr. King event uh, this past Friday. And this Friday evening, it was uh, the Project Grady-Ram. They're they're a project, that's a foundation that was developed to keep alive uh, Negro spirituals, sacred songs. And uh, it's also a scholarship fund. And uh, a friend of mine from years gone by, Dr. Rudolph Clare, I'm sorry, Father Rudolph Claire. he's a Catholic priest, uh, he facilitates uh, uh, the young people learning these spirituals and developing con- uh, concerts. So I did a talk in the midst of a musical event. And it was, it was, it was really nice. Uh, thank you. Who came? Raise your hand if you came. Okay, all right. Next time, more of y'all need to come if I'm talking. <laughs> Amen. Golly, I thought I was going to have a house of folk who followed the pastor You know, they used to do that, you know You know, they used to do that You know, y'all millennials and stuff (laughs) Y'all didn't get the memo You know, they used to follow the pastor I don't go to talk nowhere but about once or twice a year It ain't that funny. <laughs> come on, now. Come on, now. Y'all get the memo and come with me. I need your help. Amen. One of the reasons they invited me, they thought y'all was going to come. <laughs> All right. Y'all, okay. Okay. I'm trying to laugh to keep from crying. Amen. Amen. So uh, because y'all didn't come, I included a portion of that message in this message. (laughs) Amen. I did. I said, ain't no sense in me preparing more. God gave me this. I'm going to give this to them too. So for those who uh, came out, you know, you're about to get another dose. Amen. Uh, but uh, just a, it's a little different, though. It's a little different. Uh, you know, we're celebrating the King holiday, and uh, his prophetic voice was impactful. And uh, it uh, it still resonates. Can I get a witness? And the video that was shown captures that it resonates worldwide and oppressed people's All over the planet connect with uh, with what he had to say and connect with his passion his heart and the imperative that he gave amen Uh, you know one book he wrote was where do we go from here another book was why we can't wait amen and uh, lots of articles and uh, speeches Sermons. Uh, I remember when I first went to seminary, they used to play Dr. King on the radio every weekend, you know, just play a different. Anybody experienced that in, in your communities? They would play in Atlanta. They would play it every weekend on the radio. One of his talks it was impactful. Amen. And um, I think I want to talk a little bit about this justice issue this morning and, and, and the radicality the radicalness of, uh, of the faith. That's the reason I picked out this text. This text calls for a radical Christian, a Christian that's uh, not normal or commonplace or status quo in their approach, but a Christian who is sold out, who has convictions and courage and who receives the challenges from God, to care about justice rolling down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, which Amos uh, famously uh, penned, that prophet. Amen? And so to have a prophetic voice is important. Uh, The the Church of Jesus Christ has, uh, has championed this in many instances, you know, I grew up in Mobile, Alabama. Amen, somebody. The deep, the deep, the deep, the deep south. <laughs> Amen. They, uh, we call ourselves L.A., Lower Alabama. <laughs> Amen, that's where we grew up. And, uh, and I grew up doing era when, uh, you know, we were the first wave of high school students to integrate. You know, first wave of high school, I was a elementary age during the 60s, I was in high school during the 70s, amen? And so we saw a lot of stuff, experienced a lot of stuff in Mobile, Alabama. One of the most uh, horrific ones, uh, traumatizing ones, was when my mom took us to the movies we went to this now, you know, kind of integrated, semi integrated movie theater. And she dropped us off and said, Now watch your back now. She said, Because a kid in this restroom, in this theater, was castrated, you know, right in the, right in the theater and bled out right there and died, you know. And so you can imagine as a kid, I grew eyes in the back of my head <laughs> when I'm at the urinal. You, you don't understand, I'm at the urinal. I'm trying to just relieve myself. <laughs> and I'm thinking about that kind of thing. You know, who's up behind me? You know, is is, is, is this possible? Is this plausible? Can this happen now? Uh, and and uh, things like that happened and occurred. And uh, Dr. King, he died when I was uh, almost 10 years old. Uh, and uh, one of the first Experiences as a ten, nearly 10 years old was going to a, a, a march commemorating his life in Mobile, Alabama, marching down what was then Davis Avenue, would then be, what become Martin Luther King, you know, street or highway or whatever, and, uh, and getting that lecture as a 10 year old that, uh, you know, if somebody throws something at you, don't react. If they throw you down to the ground, don't react. If, you know, nonviolent approach to the march. I'm 10, I'm hearing this lecture about uh, how to react if if there's any violence or hostility or any hate groups or anything like that, you know, that's gotta gotta jack your psyche a bit to be thinking about those kind of things at such a young age. But my mom and family, they took us out on that march, and they were courageous. So my sensitivity to this issue uh, came early, if you will. Amen. And initial responses to this issue uh, weren't glowing. They weren't loving. They weren't fuzzy feeling. They were feelings of malice and hatred and prejudice. Amen. Amen. But the faith brought me out of that. I'm thankful that the faith brought me out of that. That's what the faith would do. The faith would take take, take you to a radical place. Amen? And th- have you thinking totally different than maybe what you've been exposed to. Because a lot, in a lot of instances, we can respond to life out of past pain. And past pain can magnify your current pain. Did you hear me? Past pain can magnify your current pain if you're not set free by Jesus. Amen, somebody. And so Jesus sets us free from pain. But there still are issues that are Christian issues that have to be addressed if we're Christian. Amen, somebody. You know, and and, and Dr. King, he, he radically approached some of these. I, you know, we like the fluffy quotes from him. But I'm going to read, I'm gonna read a, a less fluffy one. He says, I don't want peace. If peace means accepting second-class citizens citizenship, I don't want it. If peace means keeping my mouth shut in the midst of injustice and evil, I don't want it. If peace means being complacent, complacently adjusting to a deadening status quo, I don't want peace. If peace means a willingness to be exploited economically, dominated politically, humiliated and segregated, I don't want peace. So, in a passive, non violent manner, we must revolt against this peace. Hmm. You hadn't heard that one lately, huh? <laughs> and uh, so, and then the whole mindset about the world and uh, the mindset about uh, of poverty, about uh, war, about racism, about injustices and about uh, uh, systemic racism, about uh, uh, these institutions that still has uh, a remnant of uh, unfairness and injustice, judicial system and so forth, that that stuff's still alive to a certain extent. You know, we have wonderful police officers and law enforcement folk right here in this church, and most of law enforcement. Are healthy, you know, uh, doing it right. But then there's this aberrant maverick that's motivated, baited by race, and uh, somewhat sadistic. You know what you know what sadistic means? It means like to inflict pain. Hmm. So you have folks sometimes that jump into areas like this because they want to do some damage, and somehow they slip through the cracks. And they do some damage. Amen? Amen. And and, and don't get me wrong. You know, we got some some criminals. Amen, somebody? We got some criminals out there. And we got some boys and girls in the hood that don't have much respect for authority. But uh, they used to say when I was coming up, but you can't squeeze blood from a turnip. Anybody heard that term? Amen. It's an old one, right? And what that means is you can't, you know, you can't escape from your environment. You can't get far from, you know, the environment that you were brought up in. You can't, you, can't, you know, I, one time I visited my sister in uh, St. Clair Village in, in uh, Pitts, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It was a, a harsh ghetto. And I watched these kids have a demolition derby with stolen cars. And then as they as they finished the demolition derby, they then t- they, they then set the cars on fire. And I'm like, and I'm and I'm like thinking to myself, whoo, I'm so glad I'm just visiting for the summer for a month, you know. And God blessed me, you know, I was playing basketball at times, I was in high school, and I, and, and he blessed me. Do you want me to tell you how he blessed me? I, I had such a bad sprained ankle, I couldn't go out and play with him. He blessed me. Because I just believed somebody was going to try to hurt me. But I wasn't scared. I was like, you know, I was just, I mean, I was just, you know. (laughs) I'm trying to go play some basketball, so. (laughs) Amen. So I wasn't thinking about the consequences or the environment or who I was going to be around or what potentially might happen. You know, I'm just a kid trying to go. Amen, somebody. So God protected me. Got me out of that environment, and I'm thankful to God. And my mom, when I was growing up, she fought for our innocence. You got to keep fighting. She would try to keep us from going out in the neighborhood. I got so many beatings. <laughs> they're not whoopings. They're beatings, okay? When you use something other than your hand <laughs> or a belt, it's a beating. Okay, so... <laughs> So we got these beatings on the regular for sneaking out into the neighborhood to hang out with the kids who were professional cussers. <laughs> and I so much wanted to emulate them. <laughs> so much wanted to be like them. Amen. So I know what environment, an impact environment can have on you. Amen. So, so we got to Intercede. We got to intervene. We know. We know that Dr. King's vision was about transformation, and it's still transformation that has to be done in, in, in the systemic institutions that still have racist uh, elements. You know, we still got a glass ceiling <laughs> to break through. Can I get a witness? Those are in corporate America. You know, it's still a glass ceiling to break through. And then we still have to do an intervention in our community so that healthy, wholesome mindsets might come forth and come out. That's one of the reasons we do need to read. That's one of the reasons we do spreading the dream, trying to do an intervention. Amen. Somebody among young families who are low income, who are in sometimes what I what I do pockets of pain. So God wants us to let rest justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Amen. So we do need to recover. We need, we need to recover uh, Dr. King's faith. You know, it was, it was, that was his driving force. A lot of times when we try to, we water down who he was. He was, a, he was a Christian pastor and minister. Amen? Been to seminary. His father was a pastor. His grandfather was a pastor. So the Christian ethic drove him, and the ethic of love jumped out at him. And that ethic of love drove uh, uh, him to, to come to the place of wanting to, wanting to approach this through nonviolence. Do no harm. Turn the other cheek. If your enemy abuse you or misused you, you know, don't react. Love him because love has overcoming power. And that experiment panned out. Amen? The biggest experiment in history, utilizing love. Isn't that something? And it panned out. Love had pays dividends. Whether we realize it or not, we must embrace love. Amen. And we in this place, I'm a beneficiary. Amen, somebody. I'm a beneficiary of uh, the breakthroughs. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a beneficiary of uh, the barriers that have overcome. And people have done things behind closed doors to help me achieve. Amen. You know, I, 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 I attended a Catholic, Jesuit, liberal arts college that was segregated at one time, amen, and, you know, not, we couldn't be included. I was included. I made it in, amen. Th- somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And the legacy continues. You know, so we need to think about how far God has brought us. Why are you bring this up now, Pastor? Because as people of God, the Bible chronicles breakthroughs. Did you know that? The Bible chronicles liberation. The Bible chronicles when when he brings people out. And when God brings people out, he wants them to acknowledge it. He wants them to memorialize it. He wants them to think about it, and he wants them to thank him for it. Amen? So this time of the year, we thank God for liberation. This time of the year, we thank God for the breakthrough. This time of the year, we thank God for bringing us out, bringing us over, and bringing us through amen, and so, and it's, and it's appropriate for any people, I don't care if you're an immigrant, from another, an immigrant from another nation, if you were Irish or Polish or, you know, oppression existed no matter what ethnic or cultural or racial background you came from, even folk escaping to the Americas, the whites who escaped to the Americas to get from out from under uh, Great Britain's oppression, it's subjugation, it's belittlement, it's devaluing. We celebrate God bringing folk out, period. Amen, Amen, somebody. Because God is the God of the breakthrough. God is the one who brings brings us out. God is the one who helps us to overcome poverty and war and the underclass systems that we sometimes see and have experienced. God is the one who wakes us up. God is the one who brings awareness and wisdom and knowledge and guides our way. God is the one who loves us. And he sends folks our way to be prophetic voices. Amen. Last night I attended uh, the Eagle Awards. It's uh, sponsored by the African American Chamber of Commerce. And I was sitting in this uh, beautiful ballroom uh, at uh, the Contemporary Resort on Walt Disney World property. And I was sitting there and uh, I was thinking, wow, this is great. These folk got resources to... Have a really nice party and award ceremony. And corporate sponsors went into play to do that. But then I remembered, you know, and then Disney said they spent $34 million on, you know, on responding to the community. Then I remember back in about 1989, amen, I went to see Disney World. Amen. And, uh, you know, I wanted a report met with the government relations officer, uh, Diana Morgan. Hey, Sister Morgan, you might see me on Facebook. Anyhow, so I met with her and a few others. I remember Bob Billingsley. Anybody remember Bob Billingsley was there and a few others were there. And they put together this chart to say uh, how much money they were spending in the community. And it was so minuscule. It was so small. You know, it, it was shocking. You know, and, and the way they presented it, it was like I was supposed to be impressed. <laughs> and I sat there and looked them straight in the eye and said, you know something, that's deplorable. <laughs> Absolutely deplorable. A company of your magnitude, a company of your presence, a company with your affluence, a company with your uh, economic resources to, to say this is all you can do for the community. That's deplorable. Amen. And I remember going through a couple years of wrestling with them to try to kind of bust open some doors uh, for them to do better. Amen. And then I was sitting there last night thinking, I helped make this happen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: let me brag. I'm like Paul. Paul said, let me brag every night." Paul, Paul bragged every now and then. I said, that helped make, they don't even know. They don't even know. They don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. You know, they don't even know I, bur- I threatened to burn Mickey. <laughs> they don't even know. I'm serious. I, I threatened to burn Mickey in effigy. I said, I'm going to burn y'all's idol god. <laughs> did you know that? And, you know, and let me tell you something. I don't care what we did. We, we had three busloads of people getting ready to go out there and demonstrate and you know, I tried to launch some kind of boycott. Didn't get no response until we threatened to burn Mickey. <laughs> then the president of the company started meeting me, meeting me privately at Denny's. <laughs> we might need to burn Mickey again. <laughs> I'm going to go out there and talk to him. I'm going to go out there and talk to him again. <laughs> And then their media relations person told him that if he burns Mickey, it's going to be on the front page of every newspaper in the world. Amen, somebody. But you know who gave me that idea? God. Mm -hmm. Because we weren't going to win, but we won. Amen, somebody. Because when God is on your side, you can win and insurmountable gods and when and when the force seems bigger he'll give you strategies for psychological warfare amen so you seem bigger than you are amen somebody I've seen God work in many ways and God still continues to work I I was the first uh, SCLC president in Central Florida amen years ago and uh, and uh, so I believe in a prophetic ministry But I also believe that God wants our ministry to be colorblind, that God wants ministry to be diverse, that God wants ministry to accept all races and peoples. Amen. And if we still got to overcome that, I'm so glad I see some sprinklings of diversity in here now. Amen, somebody. And we're getting better at it. Amen, somebody. And I'm praying that one day we shall overcome. Amen. So the more blended couples would come to this church, that more whites and Hispanics would come to this church. And Amen. You're welcome. Amen. amen. And, but, but for some reason, you know, I asked one, one, in one instance, one of my white members, uh, I said, listen, I said, why is it you think more whites won't come to our church? And she, she thought for a while, and then she said, you know something? She said, we're just not accustomed to being in the minority. That's what she said. She said, we're just not accustomed to being in the minority and so when we get among, when we're the minority, we're feeling a little something and we're wondering whether we really accept it. And then I told her, you don't understand. We part white ourselves. We like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. (laughs) They miss somebody. I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, we ca- we came up on the same TV shows, been indoctrinated in the same culture, went and studied the same books. You don't understand. We're we're Amer- <laughs> an American culture. <laughs> yeah, we got some cultural differences, a little food differences, a, you know, a little w- different ways, idiosyncrasies, the ways we way we communicate. But we're the same. We're human beings on the in- on the inside. We are absolutely the same. <laughs> Amen. Somebody. So, I tried to make my case, but I can't get that out there significantly enough to change things. Now, I remember one time Fred Price got mad about it because Fred Price, like, look, I'm not hooping. I'm not hollering. Amen, somebody. I don't subscribe to hoopology. Amen, somebody. I ain't doing all of that. If anybody ought to come to hear somebody like me, it ought to be like I ought to be able to integrate. What's wrong? He got mad about it and did a whole series of messages about race and reconciliation and that kind of thing. But we shall overcome one day, amen, Amen. and so that the church of Jesus Christ will not be the most segregated place on on Sunday mornings. Dr. King said, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, amen? Things that matter. When we're silent, when our whispers, you know, and we don't have a fierce sense of urgency about standing up for what's right. We have to stand up for what's right. We have to ask God to show us how to love each other. You know, one of the things I like about uh, Dr. King's background when I studied it, uh, I read this book uh, called uh, The Making of a Mind by John Ambrose. And uh, so it talked about his different influences, who taught him, what theologies, what philosophies, and so forth. One was uh, this theology of personalism. And a simple definition of personalism is that every human being has etched in his personality the indelible stamp of the creator. Every human must be respected because God loves everyone. Human worth lies in relatedness to God. Amen? So what is that saying? It's saying that everybody has value, that everybody should be uh, treated with dignity, that everybody has worth. And so he extrapolated from that that we should be able to love people and we should be able to detach the person from the problem and love them anyway. Amen, because they belong to God. So if a person had wrong thinking, or negative thinking, or hateful thinking, or evil thinking, or if, if they were, if whatever thinking they had, amen, you could still love the person in spite of the, the content of this. Because God is the one that renews the mind. Amen, somebody. So he said, look, we can detach the person from the problem and love the person. So we can even love our enemies. Doesn't that sound like a Christian concept to you, to love our enemies? That's what Jesus said, that we ought to love our enemies, that we ought to love those who despitefully use us, that we ought to love everybody. That's a concept that's from the faith that was utilized that was utilized during the civil rights movement. Amen, somebody. So, so God wants us to embrace this ethic of love. It'll break down bullying, bullying If we treat folk with love and dignity and we teach teach our children to do the same, it'll break down enmity, amen. It'll break down uh, sibling rivalry, amen. It'll break down fussing and fighting among your relatives, amen, if you treat folk with dignity and worth and value in spite of how they treat you, amen. That's what the faith calls us. It's a radical, it's a radical faith. It calls us to this place of being radical in him. Amen, somebody. So God is calling us to take a different route, to, to, to take the route of love. Another quote that Dr. King said hatred paralyzes life, love releases it, hatred confuses life, love harmonizes it, hatred darkens life, love illuminates it. Amen, somebody. So God is calling us to evidence this love. And He's calling us to affect the generation and to bring security and safety into other people's lives. Nobody should feel like they are nobody or nothing or nowhere, amen. Nobody should feel like because they're low income or no job, no money, that they're meaningless and they don't count, amen. We need to be careful to make sure that God embraces us and we embrace others because God embraces us just like we are The word says that while we were yet in sin, Jesus died for us. Amen. So the faith helps us to act right when we're moving on, to act right when we're moving out, and to act right when we're moving in. Those are strategic places in our life when we're moving on. Sometimes you got to move on. So when you're moving on, make sure that you don't have a wrong mindset about who who you are in relationship with other people. Or when you're moving up, amen, we can't forget where we've come from, how far God has brought us, praise God. And when you're moving out, don't leave God behind. When you're moving in to different circumstances, make sure that God is with you, amen. We got some good people who are trapped in some bad places. Did you hear me? There's some good people trapped in some bad places. And it's our job to try to do something about that, amen, to craft a strategy and a plan and approach, a methodology to try to change minds and hearts and bring people up and out, amen. It's not just about you getting yours, it's about you helping somebody else get theirs as well. And we got some good people who came from some bad places. Amen, somebody. Came from some tough neighborhoods, came from some, 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 some rough families, came from some, some, some tough backgrounds, but, but God used them to come out anyhow. So it's possible. Somebody say it's possible. Through God, all things are possible for those that believe that folk can come out, that folk can break through and folk can come out. Amen, somebody. So we have to find a way to relate, to have compassion. That's when you can get in the skin of somebody else and to to try to have the ability to share in other people's hardships. Can you imagine what kind of heart Dr. King had to care about other folks' hardships? And then what's so impressive, this was a young man. This dude, 39 years old when he passed. Amen. You know, I'm, I'm 21 years older than he was when he died. Amen. Young guy with this kind of intellect, with this kind of scholarship, with this kind of passion. A servant. Amen. A scholar. A preacher. Amen. Just so focused and so studied. We ain't talking about doing the era of Google. Amen, the stuff he knew. He had to go get books and articles and spend time in the library. Amen, somebody. He couldn't just, oh, what you? let me, let me find, see what Google got to say on this. Uh-uh, it, it wasn't easy access to information. The things he studied, the things he was supposed to, meant that he burnt the midnight all for you and I. Studied strong and studied long and studied hard for you and I. Amen, somebody. Well, are you willing to study for somebody else? Not just for yourself, not just for you, what you want, for what you need, amen? Not just to help yourself, but to help somebody else, amen? Are you willing to give what, you get, what you've gained to somebody else? Are you got yours and you're going to keep yours? you going to can it, keep it, hold on to it, put a lid on it, amen? Or are you willing, willing to give yourself away? If anything, we ought to see from this sacrifice that we have to be poised and positioned to give ourselves away. In whatever context we can, in whatever venue we can, whatever, if it's family members, if it's relatives, if it's neighbors, if it's volunteering at a school, whatever you need to do to give yourself away, whatever you need to do to bring somebody else up and out, we need to begin that process. We need to invest our lives. And sacrifice and service and caring for other people praise God you got plenty of food can we make sure that other folks are fed as well amen so it's a shared willingness to acknowledge and to recognize the hardship that's out there I love this quote it says in the real sense another quote from dr. King in a real sense All life is interrelated. All men are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be. You can never be what you ought to be. Amen. Until I'm, I'm what I ought to be. We're inextricably interwoven together in one common garment of destiny. Amen. This mutual responsibility that we have to care and show compassion for one another. Amen. And first you ought to start caring about your family. Amen, somebody. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You ought to start caring about your family. Someone's going to cut off the family. Cut off family members. Not speaking to family members. Not associating with family members. It's like cutting off fingers in your hand. Yeah, you can live from, 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 from without it, but it's gonna be, you're going to be impaired. Amen. so somehow we have to learn to attach again to our families, to forgive and to overcome the malady, the offense. Amen. Even if it's not reciprocal, to do as best you can to be at peace with others, God being your helper. Amen. Got quiet up in here for a second. Amen. If you can't say amen, say ouch. In the name of Jesus. So he's asking us to not cut people off. To reconnect with our families. Amen somebody. To do the hard work of of, of loving folk who seem like they might be unlovable. Amen somebody. He didn't say that we would all get it back. Matter of fact he said that if we would do this if we would become people of faith that we would potentially be persecuted. Amen. That's what that means that they're going to talk about you even though you're trying to connect and reconnect with them. That's okay. Uh, the, 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 old, uh, the old spirit, you say, you can talk about me as much as you please. The more you talk about me, I'm going to stay on my knees. Amen, somebody. So, so, so in other words, go ahead and talk. I'm trying to do this because of a vertical relationship that I have, a relationship that is between me and God. Amen. This is, about, this is a God thing. That's why I react to you the way I react. That's why I love on you the way I love. That's why I care the way I care because I'm trying to be right with God. Amen, somebody. So God, help me to prefer a different destiny. Help me to to adopt a different world. Help me to visit a different place. Help me to decide on a different destiny. Help me, Lord God, to be everything that you're calling me to be. Help me to have a good appetite, not just for food, but an appetite for good. Amen. Help me to have an appetite for feeding my soul so that my soul might not be dark, but my soul might be full. My soul might not be starving, but my soul would be filled, praise God. So I will not have the dark night of the soul, but a soul that's connected, a soul that's loving, a soul that cares, A soul that's overcome. Amen. Amen. I believe that we're at this tipping point. Amen. We're pain, the pain of the past, and it's about to break through to birth possibilities for the future. Amen, somebody. That's why they say it gets darkest right before sunrise. Amen. So don't get fretful or fearful about the culture. Don't be fretful or fearful about the government. Don't be fretful or fearful about the shutdown. Don't be fretful or fearful or anxious about anything. Amen. Weeping may endure for a night. But guess what? Joy is coming. Amen. Even though it seems like wrong is on the throne. Amen. It will be (laughs) <laughs> usurped and God will reign and he will take over his throne he's coming back and he's going to dispatch righteousness in this age as well amen somebody like the lion of Judah he is amen he's calling us to be contagious amen. turn to somebody and say I'm contagious so the question is if I said many times what are you spreading amen somebody You got to be spreading the dream. You got to be spreading a preferable vision. You got to be spreading righteousness. You got to be spreading justice. You got to be spreading love. You got to be spreading joy. You got to be spreading hope. Praise God. You got to be spreading unity. You got to be spreading solidarity. Praise God. You got to be spreading the right stuff. Because if we pay too much attention to the culture, we'll get sucked into paying more attention to R. Kelly than Jesus. Amen, somebody. Can I get a witness in the house? God is calling us to spread his dream. A dream that he births. And the dream that he has for the culture, I don't care what anybody says about the faith, it directs its tension toward the last, the least, and the lost. There's even a progression to the Great Commission. It says, go ye into all the world, go ye to Jerusalem. That's your family. Go to Judea, that's your extended family. Go to Samaria, that's people of different ethnic, cultural, racial backgrounds. And then it says, go to the uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, nobody's excluded from this vision of knowing and loving and experiencing Christ, Jesus, our Lord. He said, I'm sending you to everybody and anybody. I'm sending you everywhere, praise God. And I'm sending you out to make a difference in the world that men, women, boys, and girls might know and love you. Amen, somebody. Amen. Is this on? Yeah, it's on. So God wants us to be about his business. Amen. He's called us to be his children. To acknowledge that he is God. And there is none beside him. Amen. I'm thankful for prophetic voices. I'm thankful for... He got to turn it off. I can't. I did that too. It's on mute. Okay. Thank you, Renown Love you too. You sound good today. You move good too. Amen, somebody. Just a PA break. A PA break. Okay. Let me see. Where was I? In the name of Jesus. Amen, somebody. That's my job, to talk Jesus. So in the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. Everybody is going to acknowledge one day that he is Lord, praise God. And when he's Lord in our lives, we can know that everything is going to be all right. The word of God says, all things work together for the good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So he has his will be made manifest in our lives so that we can be about the Father's business. I want to ask you to stand all over the house and I want to ask you to be about the Father's business. To let justice roll down like waters. To to take a radical step in witnessing and working and serving and sacrificing on behalf of the Master so that Jesus Christ might be all in all and in every aspect and facet of your life. Amen. That's a good God we serve. I want to invite somebody to to step out on faith, to come forward in his name, to make a decision for Jesus. We talk about FOMO. that's, uh, That's fear of losing out, fear of missing out. Amen, somebody. Don't let that ever populate your mind. When it comes to Christ, know that he does nothing but add to you and bless you. And the church of Jesus Christ is designed to empower and equip you. So get connected. Get connected. We're kind of out of time today. We're a little over time today. That's okay. But we want to move forward in him. And we invite somebody to make a decision for him in the name of Jesus Christ. Every heart praying. Let's worship for a few moments. You invite to to affirm or reaffirm your faith, to dedicate or rededicate your life. Come forward in this name today. Don't put this off. Don't procrastinate. Don't delay. Come now. Let him have his way in you today. Every heart praying. Let's worship. Let's worship. Oh, Jesus. Can we declare his name to be holy?
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Every heart praying. Every heart praying all over the house. I want to invite you to make a decision. I want to invite you to move out on faith. I want to invite you to come. Connect. I'm calling
1: on you,
2: Jesus.
1: Thank you, Jesus. we
0: calling
1: on you, Jesus.
0: Calling on you, Jesus. Come on, can we call his name, can we make that name the greatest sound in this place? Certain way you just connect, you move out in His name, let Him have His way in you today, in the name of Jesus Christ. You can also fill out the connect card this little sheet that you were given, a little lime colored sheet or it's different colors, but it's a place for you to connect. Say, I want to get become a member, I want to become a partner, I want to get connected to this family, this fold, this fellowship, this community, the body of Christ the bride of Christ. He said he gave his life for her. Decision-making time. You can fill out that form, give it to myself or to one of the ushers. Time to choose. Time to respond. Respond to his word. Respond to the environment, the atmosphere. It's all been leading up to this. An appeal for connection. Appeal for dedication and rededication. An appeal to choose amen somebody to choose him to choose sides. as for me and my house we're going to serve our God can I get a witness in the house as for me and my house as for this house we're going to serve God Almighty Jesus the Christ through the unction under the power under the auspices of the Holy Spirit have your way in the name of Jesus. Every heart prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for decisions. thank you for her decision today. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to grow up together in you. And we ask, Lord God, that you would allow her to get the best out of this environment, to just be touched by you, blessed by you, strengthened by you, and that she might connect with you and the people of God in this context. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go right over there to Sister Mary. She's going to take down your information. Let's give God some praise for her. Say to her, welcome again. Welcome. Amen. He's a good God. We're thankful for decisions for him. Amen. Amen. So let's be seated and let's prepare to give our times and offerings and then we're out. Amen. And you all have a great rest of your day and a, a wonderful King holiday weekend you know, for my football fans and enjoy these nice games. (laughs) Amen. There's some historic games, aren't there? It's the young against the old. I don't know why I find myself rooting for the young people. (laughs) Seems like I ought to be the opposite. Amen. But I'm kind of on the fence. You know, I'm I'm tired of these old dudes. Yeah, Brady. I'm sorry, Patriot fans. I'm not kinda like New Orleans. That's right near where I grew up at, so I kinda like New Orleans, but I see a applause section over there. How did all y'all wind up in the same section? That's the New Orleans section over there. Okay. What about the Kansas City? Kansas City, any Kansas City? And the Rams? Oh, now now I'm talking up. Huh? I couldn't couldn't nudge you earlier. Fast <laughs> fast, let's get the offering going. Oh God, bless this offering. Bless your people. Touch in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Pastor Trace, to give the offering. Amen. And they're gonna say something about the God.
2: they told me to be very brief, so I'll try. Ladies, are we excited about the women's encounter? Put your hands together. Yes, we're ready to cast down some demons and unite and get plugged in, yes, and pray without ceasing. We are so excited. We have over 125 women that are registered. Put your hands together. Praise God. Mind you ladies that if you have not had the opportunity to cash your payment, we would like you to meet us in the lobby today. You can also pay online. You can pay at the kiosk outside. We'll be waiting for you. You can go later today and pay. We can take cash or check today. We want you to go ahead and step out on faith if you have not done so. We are so excited. We don't want you to miss the opportunity. If you have not had the opportunity to register, please do so. Please do so. We are waiting for you. We are excited to see you
0: there. Amen. Thank you, Sister Ramona. Now, that was real sharp for her because she got a gift for Gab. She from my hometown, too. Something about these mobilions. <laughs> they just want to show out. I'm sorry, Sister Ramona, because you know I got to mess with you. Go ahead, go ahead, Brother Smith.
1: Good morning. at the God Encounters, where I attended last year. We have men who are striving to be like Christ, who want to be looked at as godly men. And I guess what comes to mind with that is if you have, when you go to the, the men's retreat, at least what I saw from last year, is that you have men looking to engage in fellowship, looking to build friendships, and most importantly, display strong faith. Amen. So spending time with men, like-minded brothers in Christ, provides a safe place for spiritual growth. To me, this is the definition of fellowship. And because of this time, the Lord gave me opportunities to build friendships that still last today, and are still continuing to flourish. And probably most importantly, the encounter offers a time to challenge and strengthen your faith. Your faith in Christ, because this is an opportunity for experiences that you have throughout the weekend that will help you grow, you live the right life. So the encounter is what you make of it. I want to encourage all the men to sign up if you haven't had an opportunity and still have a couple of weeks left. You want to make sure that we come to the mindset of coming into this with tremendous opportunity for fellowship, the potential for new friendships, and also the undeniable
0: Any first-time guests in the house, won't y'all stand? Any first-time guests in the house, would you stand? Amen. Thank you so much for being here. We praise God for you. You know, remain standing for a second. If there's anybody seeking a church home in this place, you're invited to connect. But at this time, we're going to stand and greet you and one another. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
2: Listen, don't forget the call. Thank you